Can you hear me now? I'm always getting in trouble, as you all know. <laughs> Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Welcome back to Polecast. I'm your host, Madison Fantosi. I'm your co-host, Leah Bartholomew. And today we're joined by Jeanette Grion, coordinator of Polk State's Career Development Services on the Winter Haven campus. When she's not guiding students on their pathways to careers or coordinating events on campus to assist them with practicing valuable skills such as resume writing and interviewing that will help them land their dream job, Jeanette is focusing on the college's Hispanic students as advisor of Polk State's Unite Club and coordinator of PASS, Parents Advocating for Student Success. So it sounds like we have a lot of great services to talk about today. Thank you so much, Jeanette, for joining us on Polkast. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So for starters, will you tell us a little bit about yourself and your own educational and career journey? Oh, absolutely. So I'm from the Dominican Republic, and uh, I came to this country in the late 70s. Uh, both my parents had to migrate to this country from there due to political persecution. And shortly after being here, they sent for us and we were able to come over here. But um, my educational life was really solid back home. We always attended private schools and we always had a lot of support and whatnot. And um, so when we came here for the first time, it was kind of strange because we ended up attending public schools and we weren't used to that. And the high school that we attended was in Massachusetts. And it was actually a school that got featured on Good Morning America or something like that because they were one of the first schools to have like 5,000 students. Oh, wow. Something ridiculous. And they were so crowded and just like managing the whole system, like having lunch at 7 o'clock in the morning mm. so that everybody would get a lunch. It was crazy, but... It was it was a different time, but it was a great time at the same time. So I graduated high school at 17 with my older sister. She was 18, going on 19, but I was I had just turned 17. And from there we I was there was no question or if or we were going to go to college or not. It was we were going to college. Mm -hmm. And so um, my parents were very traditional, as most Latino parents are, and they were even more traditional back in the days. So my brother could have gone anywhere that he wanted to, to college. But as girls, we had to go to a commuter school where we could stay close by and come home after classes and things like that. So lucky for us, we had the University of Massachusetts in Lowell. And so we attended there for a little while. For myself, I went for about a year, and I quickly realized that I wasn't going to make it. And mostly because uh, when I went to, to college, my English foundation wasn't strong enough. Mm. And so, because when I came here, I didn't know how to speak any English whatsoever. But... Uh, I had to take a lot of English as a second language classes. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize how much it was going to be, 
it was going to be like a year and a half, two years of that alone before I even got into a program of study. And so uh, lucky for me, my guidance counselor um, found me a part-time job at a bank, and I was able to transition from school into a career, what I thought was a good career for me, Mm -hmm. and went into banking. And so that was the start of my career. And I did that for about 12 years. And it was, I loved it. It was really great. And um, I was very fortunate because I picked up quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I was really strong in math and I was really strong in language skills, but my English was the what I needed to build up. Mm-hmm. And so having the opportunity to work for the bank allowed me to develop those skills. And then I was offered study opportunities to go back to school and do a certificate in banking and things like that. And so I, I in the 12 years I worked for the bank, I held six different positions. Wow. And so I was really, you know, I got to be assistant branch manager. So I would have never thought I would have gotten that far, but it was really good. Really cool. Yeah. And uh, after that, we had a recession. And then I ended up going back to school because I got laid off. And that was the start of my educational career. So it sounds like Jeanette, who was at, you know, the university the first time, is kind of the students that you are so passionate about helping now. So can you tell us a little bit about the students that you serve here at Polk State College? Sure. Uh, So the students that we serve here, I think, are very similar to the student that I was way back when. Uh, You know, they're not sure. A lot of them are uh, students who, yeah, have our second, third generation uh, Americans, but yet some of them are immigrant, have immigrant parents, mm-hmm. and they're not very familiar with how the college system works, which I can totally relate to because even though, like, for my parents, my dad went to, um, only had a, an eighth grade education, but he was a businessman. Mm-hmm. At 14, he has his own auto body mechanic place, and he could do anything. And my mother went to college at the age of 15. So she was super smart. And they had to leave all that behind because of the war, the civil war in my country. But um, all of those students want the same things that all of us want. They want to be successful. They want to have a a career that they can live, you know, with and and enjoy and, and be successful in. And the parents want the same for them. But they don't know what that's going to take. They don't know what it entails. Right. So we try to help them figure those things out. Now, how old were you when you did come here? I was a few months shy of turning 15. Okay. Yeah, so I was starting, I had already started my sophomore year in high school. So was there, did you learn any English in the Dominican? Yes. So in... In ninth grade, they start you with English classes, mm-hmm. but they're very rudimentary. They're I very basic, like chair, table, things like that. Right. In 10th grade, I was going to start going into like conversational English and, you know, develop those skills more. And that's when we came here. Instead, they sent you to Boston. So uh, well, I always found yeah. that to be interesting. <laughs> Not Boston, but close. Boston. But how come you didn't pick up a... a Massachusetts accent. Well, some people tell me that sometimes that 
Pac the Cat thing comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I try, I, I always felt that I needed to excel in learning the language and that I needed to be an example for other immigrants, if you will, that we shouldn't just get by. We should do the best that we can with everything. And for me, learning the English language the right way was important. And I was lucky because I think I had really good English as a second language teachers in high school who were just so passionate about how they taught and making sure that we had the right pronunciation and, you know, an, an enunciation of things and whatnot. And I just felt that that was really important because when we spoke right, people listened. Yeah. And so there's so much power in our abilities to communicate the right way that we sometimes take it for granted, but it matters a lot. And so in my native language of Spanish, we were always told to speak properly. And so to me, there was not going to be any difference once I learned how to speak English. Cool. So, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the exciting stuff that you get to do here with Hispanic students with the Unite Club and with PASS and all of those things that you're doing. So, yeah, I'm very excited. I, I'm really fortunate to, to work in an environment that is so supportive of the things that I'm passionate about and that the college feels the same way about the support we want to give our students. So, yeah, for me, we have the Unite Club which really came about from the time that Dr. Santiago, who was our provost here, uh, formed a task force, the Hispanic task force. And one of the goals of the task force was to uh, figure out a way to bring students together more in a, in a setting where they felt comfortable with each other. And so the UNITE Club was one of the, it wasn't called UNITE at the time, but it was one of the ideas of, you know, having a a place where students, Hispanic students and Latino students could gather and come together and and just share their cultures and, and feel more comfortable on campus. And so the Unity Club came about, and um, it's been really great. And with the PASS program, which is Parents Advocating for Student Success, it's just a, a program that um, I feel has been in the making for 20 plus years, because when I started after my banking career in Massachusetts, uh, when I got laid off, I decided that I was going to go back to college. And so when I went to college, I always was intrigued by the field of um, law. And so I wanted to be a lawyer, and which I thought would have been a really good fit for me, actually. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> but um, I quickly find out, I mean, I, I enrolled in a certificate of paralegal studies at the local community college. And... Um, some of the coursework that I had to complete required me to be 20, 30 hours at the courthouse. Wow. Just going through books and books of laws and cases and things like that. So then go back to class and present on that. And it was just so time consuming. I was already married. My daughter was like a year old. So she, um, when, you know, all of that was taking place, I said, I don't think I want to be a lawyer. This is just too much work. And so, but I did finish my certificate in paralegal studies. And um, then I tried to get a, a position in the field. And then I found out that it was so political. It was, there was a lot to that. 
And so I decided to continue on with my studies. And then I got my associate's degree in liberal arts. Go liberal arts. <laughs> I think it's a great starting program, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I, as soon as I finished my program, I realized that uh, the guidance counselor I had had at UMass Lowell was now a guidance counselor or an advisor, I should say, the advisor, uh, was now an advisor at Middlesex Community College, which was the school that I attended. And through her, I got a job working at the school for a TRIO program, which was the, you know, they used to call it student success program there. And that's how I started my career in academia. And shortly after being with TRIO, because as you all know me, I'm all over the place. I'm always <laughs> talking to people. Well, you can keep me in one place. I think there's always somebody that we can tap into and tap, you know, and just help out. So I was all over the campus. Uh, but our campus was um, a satellite campus. So it was all one building. It was five floors. So it was very well contained, which allowed me to go up and down everywhere. Oh, boy. Look out. <laughs> Jeanette's and, on and the loose. really. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I wasn't too far away from the office at any given time. But just um, that was such an amazing opportunity for me. And I connected so well with faculty and staff and the students that um, a couple of years after being, I was the administrative secretary for that program. And a couple of years after being that, and the school noticing my interactions with the students and everything else, the dean of student services approached me and said that they were thinking about um, creating a department for international students. At the time, they had about 12 international students, and they wanted to focus more on that and, and grow that, that department. And so she offered me an opportunity to become um, an international student and community outreach advisor. And I couldn't pass it up because wow. that was just like right up my alley. And right. I'm like, you do realize I don't have a bachelor's degree. And she said, don't worry, we'll take care of that. So they literally tailored the position for me so that it meant that the person needed to be fluent in Spanish, so that it meant that some of the qualifications I already possessed were built into the position. And I mean, yeah, those things happen to you sometimes because of your own efforts and your hard work, but very rarely do people notice, the, you know, so what you can bring to the table. And for her to do that, that just, it just um, really reinforced my faith in, in people and in humanity and in hard work. Mm. And when she did that for me, I felt the obligation to go back to school and get my bachelor's degree. Because I said, if they're willing to go that extra mile for me, then I need to step up and do the right thing. And so as I was working in that area, I went back to school. I was working full-time and attending school full-time. Wow. A mom, you know, at home, everything, yeah. But it was a super exciting time in my life. I loved it. That's a good, um, you know, that just shows you, too, networking. You had connected with someone on a certain level and then proven yourself. They saw, wow, she was like a really good good worker, X, Y, and Z. She's going to go the extra mile. And then those people talk. So I think that a lot of times students don't really understand the power of networking and communication. You make a connection with someone and then 
they're going to remember you. You show someone your worth, they're going to remember you. So Absolutely. And I think also um, those 12 years that I worked in banking really shaped me in, in acting in a very professional way and, and, you know, really understanding the value of what was being offered to me, understanding the value of those connections that I was making with our students and, I, you know, just supporting them and letting them know, reminding them constantly that their education was important, that it was a huge investment, not only in them, but in their whole families, that it wasn't just going to change their lives, but it was going to change their whole family's lives. And that when they heard that from me, considering my struggles and my history, they just said, you know, if she can do it, so can I. Um, and I have to tell you, when I worked in the Trier office, we had uh, a mental health counselor uh, that used to meet with the students who were struggling and whatnot. And so her office, we had cubicles in that office. And so her cubicle was right behind where my front desk was. And I couldn't help but to hear some of the conversations, even though it was all kept confidential. But the students that used to come in and meet with her soon started to not come in to meet with her, but come in and meet with me <laughs> because they wanted more sensible, real life advice that they could take back with them and use it and not just, and I'm not saying that um, a counseling session can't be helpful to a student. Absolutely. And many, many students need that. But some students were ready to go beyond that. And how did you feel about that? Right. And how did that make you feel? Plus and you what had do the you think? real life experience oh, yeah. to, oh, yeah. to convey Absolutely. to them. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and she, the counselor even called me in and said, listen, what's going on here? I said, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to counsel. I don't have a degree in that. It's just we're talking. And so I can't help it if people are able to connect with that. And I think that if they're able to connect to it and they can then take something positive from it, that is going to help them move forward, I think is a win-win. And so that was good. Well, when students come to meet with you um, in the Career Development Services office, um, what sort of services can they get there? So in career services, uh, we, you know, when our students are going through school and usually they're so focused into just making sure they have the right schedule, the right classes, that they are, you know, getting online and making sure that they're following with their assignments and things like that. And that's great. We want them to do that. But also a very important and integral piece of being a college student is developing your own personal skills. What does that mean? It's preparing for the workforce. You're, co you're going to college and you're getting your degree because you want a better job. You want to be able to earn better money than you would, you know, with a minimum wage job. But in order for you to do that, you also need to develop some skills and you need to be engaged in what's happening around you. And so we in career services prepare them, you know, for, for the workforce in preparing them uh, how to dress for success, how to do, you know, what is an interview like, what to expect, doing mock interviews with them exposing them to professional networking sessions where they get to meet people who are already working in the fields that they're interested in, um, attending career fairs and college fairs, and just exposing them to everything that we feel is going to be a plus for them, a tool that they can add to their toolbox that will then help them uh, 
be more successful once they complete their degrees and, you know, hit the, the workforce. So that's, you know, we try to really work with them and let them know. And we really appreciate the faculty that supports career services because we understand that they have a really busy schedule, but when they set out time and they allow time for our students to participate in the events that Career Services puts together, it's, you know, they're really helping that student Mm -hmm. expand their horizons and stretch and and grow and develop their leadership skills and just be better prepared for when they're ready to to move, uh, you know, to the next phase of their careers or their lives or whatever it may be, so... I love the connection that Leah made earlier about your ability to network and kind of make things happen for yourself in your career and how that's important for our students. So um, what are some of your top tips or your advice to students who are seeking, you know, careers or career advancement? Well, first of all, please come to Career Services. Meet with us. Uh, we have a, I'm the the representative or for the Winter Haven campus, but we have somebody at the Lakeland campus as well, my counterpart, Miss Rosebud Leslie, who is really great. And we will go to you if we need to go to one of our other centers, we're happy to do it. But I think that it's not something that we recommend you put aside. I think it's something that should complement your education and you should do it as you're progressing with your studies. Get exposed to all of those things. Get involved in clubs and organizations not just UNETE, but be part of SGA or CELO, be active in your community. Because when you go and present that resume, which, by the way, is another one of the services we provide students, we can help you write your resume or polish it up. Uh, When you get ready to go out, some of the questions that your future employer is going to ask you, so, you know, what kind, how do you give back to the community? Or what kinds of things have you done um, done to grow or expand as you went through your education? So those are key things that people need to start working on as they're progressing with their, their college education. Do you see oftentimes like the same people coming to all of the sessions like for a year? Do you see someone who's like really excited and you see that same person in all of the different well, there is that student who really gets it, and they know that, you know, if I were to get this service somewhere else, I probably have to pay a lot of money. Right. And here, I'm getting it for free, so that's a huge plus. And they will attend two or three of the sessions that we put together. But the majority of our students um, go because they're in our first-year experience class, or and that's part of the curriculum that's built into that class, and uh, or because there is a faculty member who really understands the value of that and encourages their students to participate in that. I mean, one of our strongest advocates, uh, advocate for career services at the Winter Haven campus outside of the FYE faculty is Professor Woodward. In, in, he's an accounting professor, but he gets it. He understands that. And he's always tr- trying to figure out how to give students an incentive to get them to attend my events because they're going to get so much out of it. And so he'll say, you know, I'll give you five points if you go to this event. And so I end up getting his students all the time. And yeah, sometimes students need a little nudge, but once they figure out what they're getting out of it, they come back to the other sessions. So that's really good. That's awesome. 
I wanted to kind of jump back to UNITE because what I think is really cool is that it's not just Hispanic students that are involved. I mean, you've had a couple of individuals who aren't of Hispanic descent, but they come and, you know, they get really involved and excited about learning a new culture too. So, I mean, what has that experience been like for you? And that's a great question because a lot of the times students think that, oh, but I don't speak Spanish, so I'm not going to go into that club. No, it's like any other club. Like um, the dancing club we have here, you don't have to be a dancer. You go there to be exposed to that. So UNITE is about sharing our cultures, sharing our values, um, just being part of diversity and just learning more, you know, and being aware of who your neighbors are, what, you know, who your peers are. And so with the UNITE club, we've had the opportunity, and, and, and the Winnetou Club, aside of the cultural awareness and the diversity and all that, offers students great leadership opportunities. Last year, we had the chance to send two students to the Haku Conference, which is the Hispanic Association of Colleges and Universities, and students walked away from there just blown away at the networking opportunities, the, the workshops that they were able to attend, just meeting people, students from all over the United States and abroad because it's an international conference as well. And so, I mean, we weren't into it 24 hours when the students were like, how do, what do I need to do to come back next year? And the same thing happened with our Black, Brown, and College Bound conference, which is, happens locally in Tampa. And it's an event that's put together by Hillsborough Community College. And again, our students were like, this is phenomenal. The speaker line was just amazing. And even though it says black, brown, and it, it seems like it's mostly for black students, no, it's for any student, you know, who's, who's, who can benefit from that and just really walk away with a lot of information, a lot of great positive um, messages and feedback and connections and networking. It's just fabulous. Awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. And so you don't need to speak Spanish to join UNETE. Uh, if you want to learn, we'll be happy to show you, you know, a few words here and there. But 99% of the conversations take place in English. So that is a misconception. And so everybody is welcome. The, the more, the merrier. And yeah, it's part of that diversity mix. So yeah, absolutely. Well, you juggle, it seems like, a lot of different, you're dealing with faculty, staff, students, and kind of getting all that stuff coordinated and organized. Do you have any sort of funny stories where you might have, like... That's podcast appropriate. That's podcast appropriate. Oh, come on. (laughs) You can tell us funny stories in regards to what? Just, you know, a day in the life of Jeanette. Maybe did you look... Something in the car or? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Any, yeah. I mean, any, any sort of, you know, you do sort of run around. Or... So, yeah, I know. And, and, and I know what you're getting to, but yes, um, for our UNITA end of semester event, uh, I was in charge of getting the students the, the typical food from one of our uh, Hispanic vendors and, and I was so excited. I got my order. I went to pick pick it up. And when I got back, I, I guess I was just so, you know, just looking forward to the occasion that I locked my keys in the car with the food. 
all the goodies. <laughs> and, so, and so it took us about two and a half hours to open the car up. And we ended up, the students that hung around ended up having lunch with us and whatnot. But, um, and then we put the rest of it in the refrigerator and the other students came by the next day and had some. But yeah, that, by the way, uh, had never, ever happened to me. Because I'm, I'm always so conscious about things like that. But yeah. No, you're just so, you're so precious. It's always fun. Like I can always tell the kind of day Jeanette's having sometimes, <laughs> you know, she's just yeah. running around like crazy. You always have everything like in order and you're talking to like so many people and so many things. And then that one tiny little slip up, you're like, yes, that's me. I'm pretty transparent. And oh. so, and I think you, you need to stay true to who you are. And not put up pretenses, because if you try to do that, is sooner or later it comes through. And I think that just be yourself, be original, be who you are, and have fun being you, because there's nobody else like you, you know? And I know for certain that Polk State wouldn't be the same without me. <laughs> <laughs> you are always, always so that. wonderful to Thank hang you. out with. and. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you bring so much creativity and originality and, you know, staying true to yourself. And that's really important. And not a lot of people preach that, say that message. It's like, no, you have to be someone else. You need to, like, be bigger and better. And, like, I really love that about you is that you are all about true character. And, hey, live live it and be it and be your best. Yeah, but, you know, I'm also very fortunate because I, people talk about Polk State being a family. We really are. We, it's, I have been blessed. Uh, my former school, it was an amazing experience, and we all got along really great. And I came here, and I said, I will never have that. Well, this has been the same, if not better. This is really a family. Everybody is like, you know, your extended family. Everybody is so supportive. It, regardless of what they have on their plate, they're always willing to help you. And, you know, even... It starts from from the top, and our our president, Dr. Falconetti, she's been with us a short two years, but already she's been, for me, amazing. She's been super supportive of me, and I can see just the way she's connected with our students, and the students love that, you know, and so that's what we need. We just need that, that nurturing environment and that supportive environment so that our, our students know that that we really care about that them, and and when we tell them that, that we really mean it, and you find that here at Polk State College. Well, where can students find you, or how can they come to an Unite Club meeting um, if they're interested in in meeting with you? So the Unite Club meetings start a couple of weeks after classes start because we want to make sure students have the opportunity to get settled in. But um, they can find me in the administration building, but uh, student services in the advising area. And we'll start right after school begins. And for the past program, by the way, I just want to let everybody know that uh, we are going to have our next orientation August 1st. And it's going to be 530 to 730. And we really urge parents to come and, and take part in this process because it's so important. And it's all for them. It's not for us. It really is for them. And just be on time because we have a full program for you, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be super informative. And when, 
we're going to speak español if you need it. So, uh, somos Polk y estamos aquí para ayudarles. Así es que vengan, absolutamente. Uh, we, we want you to come. We want you to know how fabulous we are. We are fabulous. And um, just join us. You know, we're waiting for you. How often do you have PASS? So PASS happens right now once a year. And one of the main reasons for that is because it, it, our students really are more focused in attending college in the fall, right after they graduate high school. That's usually, you know, the semester that most students focus on. Uh, so we try to do it right about that time so that if there's any questions that they may have or any things, anything that they still need to know, they can get those answers for them to connect with faculty, staff, resources, uh, you know, services, everything. They get to learn about it then, just about the time that the student is about to start classes. That way the parents know, you know, um, if you have a problem with financial aid, remember to go see such and such. And if you're struggling with your writing class, make sure you go to the writing studio. And so we want to expose them to all of those resources to connect with the faces of the, the departments that probably they will be most impacted by and faculty and staff and administrators and things like that. And so, you know, that's the whole purpose of it, just to connect them with, you know, who the, the players are in those areas. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure this having was fun. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's almost Polk. It's almost Polk. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Just another kind of free form rock and roll. Make you groove solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Woo. Yeah.